thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. I just want to add a little bit more to what Rachel said. First of all, again, to thank you for showing up big time yesterday. But in addition, that is very serious. We will go uh, next year from two sites to four or five. And so for those of you that came, um, thank you. Uh, We're going to continue to uh, work on making that a powerful moment, really to just let our city know that we love them and in a practical way, make a difference in Kansas City. All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's go Matthew chapter 13. We're in the middle of the summer and we're digging in on parables. So we're talking about... um, these stories that Jesus told to help us understand the kingdom. And so last week, we started in Matthew 13, and then we're going to scroll a little bit down from where we were last week, where we talked about the parable of the soils. And I want to go after this one about the mustard seed. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's go verse 31, and then I'm going to pray, and we'll go after it. It says this. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it is the smallest of all seeds... Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. That's it, only two verses. We did 22 verses last week, two this week. The small seed deserves a small parable, but big impact. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We ask that this uh, seed would go deep into our hearts, that the word of God would take root. Lord, that uh, the truth of this parable would grow. And so this simple parable, but yet so profound when it gets deeply embedded in our hearts, would expand and take up space in our hearts. We pray that it would take up space in our city, that we would continue to be a people that, that, that grow, that the, the kingdom of God is so real and so evident in our lives that it takes up space in our city. And it looks like Jesus, the way of the king, the way of Jesus in Kansas City. We love you. We honor you. And everybody said, amen. If you were to uh, take teachings of Jesus or a parable and be teaching in Zimbabwe, uh, you might have a different parable that really pops because the needs are different. If you were to be somewhere in Europe, if you were maybe to be in a different century, but if you lived in 2022 United States of America, right here, right now, I think it could be that the parable of the mustard seed, where Jesus is challenging us to see the kingdom in a different way, and he challenges us to see it kind of like giving value to hiddenness and smallness and growth. So oftentimes Jesus would take a moment where people saw things one way and he would kind of spin the compass and say, don't look at it this way. Look at the kingdom. It's like this. It's a little different way to see it. And here in this parable, you've got Jesus and they've got expectations of what they want Jesus to be like, what they think the king should be like. And Jesus gives them a different paradigm. I was thinking about, um, 
if you and I could go back in time, like just imagine with me, I know that you can't, but uh, you can in Back to the Future and movies like that. So sometimes that works in the way that we think. So if we could go back in time and, and you could go back to about 1726, uh, Oxford University, just a bunch of college dudes, just hanging out, young adults. There's a group of guys that if you could see them, they, they lived a life of gathering together and then intentionally going and, and praying, intentionally going and visiting those in prison, intentionally fasting. And they actually had 21 questions that they would ask each other about how they were doing. So they'd follow up. <laughs> they were guys that studied the scriptures together and then talked about the scriptures with each other. And then some of their peers in mocking them called them the Holy Club. And I think if you were to go back in time and be one of those people that see them, you might look at them and think, wow, maybe they're a little bit strange, a little bit off, but, but they're just a bunch of college kids. It'll probably fizzle and it probably wouldn't get much attention in your mind. But if we can look now at what was going on then where there was just something that looked fairly hidden, fairly small, but had big time growth, you would know that that group called the Holy Club had John Wesley. John Wesley went on to lead the Methodist movement. George Whitfield, key leader, preacher in the Great Awakening. It had Charles Wesley, great hymn writer that would impact and create song for, move, for the movement. The others were preachers, evangelists, writers, so what looked small and obscure and just like some college guys calling each other to pursue God, what looked probably fairly hidden and just kind of normal ended up taking up space with great growth. Uh, in the same way, kind of similar but different, but in Oxford, just a few years later, there's, well, a couple hundred years later, there's, you, you can read the story of a, about, about, about two different professors. And they would sit at this pub on their break and they would talk about how they could use their literary skills, their writing skills. And they wanted to share the gospel in, in a fresh way to their generation. So they're sitting there at just normal pub. And if, maybe if you're just seated at a table, you just see two professors just taking a break. On, they met on Tuesdays just looks normal, just kind of average, except for now we can look back and see these thinkers, writers that were both Christians that were committed to influencing their sphere with the gospel. And it's C.S. Lewis who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and Tolkien, who's the one who came up with the Lord of the Rings. And so last generation read their books, this generation watched their movies and they're still influencing not just their generation, but maybe even generations later. Even my kids can quote some of these movie lines and say, my precious, and it influence them. Point being that you can't see God using your hidden small works to bring growth. And God loves to take what's hidden and what's small and bring growth. I was thinking about, even if you could go back and see Jesus with his disciples, like even if we could go back, Jesus didn't step on the scene and mobilize the kings, or mobilize the wealthy, or mobilize the soldiers. 
No, when the king who's bringing the kingdom steps onto the scene of history, he mobilizes zealots, fishermen, tax collectors, average men, walks with them, prays with them, talks with them, asks them questions, rebukes them, commissions them. But if we were to go back, it it probably wouldn't look that jaw-dropping. It it probably wouldn't look that, uh, in so much of the mundane moments, I would guess we would see just some average, some average guys that Jesus created a supernatural dynamic. Jesus brought transformation. And I say that because I think as I'm reading these parables and I'm praying through these parables and I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about the temptation that my children grow up in in this culture where there's constantly the desire and the pressure to be famous, sensational, and powerful. And that you and I live in a culture that's constantly, let me, let me show the world. Let instant, maybe I can go public. Instant, maybe I can get likes. Instant. And so if you're, if you're dealing with a culture that's dealing with mass poverty, there might be some, some weeds that need to be dug out. There might be a parable that, was, that would really come alive. If, if you're dealing with some that, that, that maybe they do not have the desire or even a pathway to ever develop fame, There might be a different parable that really pops. But when I live in a culture where the idol of the age is popularity and power, I think that we do well to study what the king had to say about the mustard seed, about hiddenness, about smallness, and then trusting God to bring the growth. Because if you could look back from eternity's sake and see the, what, the way God used it eternally. Jesus took these men, just, just some of the average men. I mean, fishermen would not have been the lowest, but not the highest. They would have, they would have, they would have had a trade and provided, so they're not the, the lowest, not the highest. And, and I just think if we want to see long-term growth in our own personal lives as disciples, as well as our commitment to make disciples of other people, that we need to see the value, the, the beauty of this. I'm going to go ahead and just call it just mustard seed discipleship. What it means to be a disciple that Jesus transforms. So, so it goes deep and it takes root like a seed in your heart and then, and then grows and takes up space. And then, and then you, as a disciple maker, you go and you make disciples and, and that begins to take up space. That begins to grow, grow large like a tree is the way that Jesus said it in the parable where it expands. And many of us say, okay, I want to, I want to pray a prayer, get my soul saved in the vault of heaven and just marinate on planet earth and die one day. I don't necessarily want to spend my life being transformed into the image of Christ and then trying to make disciples. So maybe I'll try to come up with it my own way, my own concept, my way of what I'll do and I'll do it my way. And, and you actually had people that would talk to Jesus like that. You actually had people like, like I was looking at even just a moment where <laughs> the disciples come to Jesus and when People don't listen to his word. They come and they say, hey, Jesus, you want us to call down fire upon the city? 
That's, that's the way we like to handle these guys. It's not the Jesus way. So in the moment, you have to submit and not do it your way, but do it Jesus way. Or in John 18, you have the moment where Peter actually draws his sword and he's ready, like with military might, to fight the Romans. Where Jesus says, put your sword away. And if you're Peter and you've been walking with Jesus for these few years and suddenly Jesus is going to say, that's not my way. We're going to do this thing my way. And Jesus' way is to go to the cross and die like a common criminal. And there's, I think each one of us have moments like that where we're like, no, 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 Jesus, I'll follow you, but I'll do it my way. And here's, here's the way that I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll be rich and famous and then I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll do it my way and then I'll just, I'll tag you in my Instagram. <laughs> I'll put a little subtitle, add a little Jesus to it. But let's go back and let's let the king who's telling us about the kingdom, let's figure out what would Jesus want us to do so that our lives look like the way of Christ. And he gives such dignity to this slow process, to this this idea of a, of a mustard seed. And I was thinking not just about the transformation that the disciples brought, but the actual transformation in the disciples. The people that they became was so fundamentally different than how they started. I mean, the loudmouth fisherman, Peter, think about the journey, and I won't give it to you, great sermons, but just the up and down life of Peter, all the way to Pentecost where he's preaching after he's denied Jesus, on the beach, do you love me? All the way to just listen to the maturity of this apostle as he's speaking to people being persecuted for their faith. I just want you to hear, once he gets to be older, he's been on the journey for a while. This is, this is a guy who, who didn't start off with this level of maturity, but over time, like, like a mustard seed, he grew. Listen to this, just listen to it. It's just fun to read. In all this... As he's talking to people being persecuted, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trial, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And I just picture Peter imagining he walked with him. Jesus on the beach in John 21 says to him, do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter going, you haven't, I walked with them and I ran in crisis and here you are, your faith greater than gold. You're genuine. You love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you receiving the end result of your faith and salvation of your souls. I just picture like this, like the kingdom taking root like a mustard seed and he becomes stronger and stronger. I don't know the, the depth of James and John, it's, but, but I do know that for James, he dies in Acts 12 as a martyr. Herod has him killed by the sword. We can read John in Revelation 1. We read just the maturity of John, exile on the island of Patmos, willing to go through persecution I just want to say that because my dream is for you to imagine what would it look like if 
my dream as a disciple of Jesus is to transition out of, I want power, I want publicity, I want everything that the culture is telling me I should pursue, and I'll get just enough Jesus, just, I'll just do enough things to feel all right, to pull all the way back and go, actually, I wanna develop a lifestyle where the king that I'm in relationship with, the king is at work in me and through me. So like a mustard seed, it's, it's, it's in, the, in the following parable, which is the one about the yeast and the dough, it says it's hidden and it takes up this little bit of space, it grows. In this one, it's hidden in the dirt, probably not celebrated by people. And then it's hidden, but it's also small. The whole idea that Jesus is saying is it's small. He says it's the smallest of the seeds. And of course, we know back then that that would be farm language. That would be the way they would see the small seed. The idea is that it's the smallest that they know. And Jesus is trying to think of the smallest thing he can think of. And he's saying, but if it's that small, it has great potential. It's got, it's, there's, there's the possibilities of, of what God will do. And so you take that. So it's hidden, it's small, and then it's got the potential. It's this large growth. And if you take your life and actually reframe, I mean, those disciples, you could look back and in heaven, we could go Revelation 7, 9, great multitude, no one can count from every tongue, tribe, and nation. And Jesus got to that aim, got to that goal by just starting with some average Zealots, fishermen, tax collectors, start small, hidden. But then God brings the growth. And, 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 and here's the idea. This is a, intellectually so simple. Pragmatically, in the way that we live our lives, difficult to live. Because when, that, when, this, when this becomes central, it, re, it reframes how we spend our time, how what, the kinds of affections that we allow in our heart. So I, I want you to think, I'm just, I'm just calling this mustard seed discipleship. But I just want you to think about what does it look like for hiddenness in your life? Because if as a disciple, good chance there will be hiddenness. They'll be planted in, in the soil, in the dough. <laughs> And that's hard in an Instagram world. You want to skip that season. You want to skip that lifestyle so that you can get all the trophies that the planet has to offer. But if you're thinking mustard seed wise, then the way that you measure success is different. So you're okay with the king who actually said for 30 years, he's, he's unknown. He's the king of the world born in a manger in Bethlehem. He's the king of the world, and he's growing up in Nazareth, probably a town of about 400, to which it would have been even like cringeworthy, like what good can come from Nazareth? And Jesus, Jesus actually sets an example. And so I want to invite you to just think, what does my life look like if my king gives merit if my king 
validates hiddenness. Friday night, I watched The Greatest Showman with my kids. Can I tell you, that is the opposite mantra of the mustard seed. This is the greatest show. Watch out, because here I This is me. Ba, 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 right? Or, I mean, you could pick the song. It's all about me, front and center. Da, da, da. Not true, fake. Sapa. And it's the mantra that we have in our culture right now. It's, it's number one for a reason. I'm not picking on the movie. I am picking on the ideology that says, make me the middle. Put, put, put. I need, I desire, I want people to see me. I just, I'm just telling you, this is, this is a cultural challenge. I've had the honor and privilege of preaching in the Ukraine. I've had the honor and privilege of preaching in Zimbabwe. I have the honor and privilege of being all over the world. And there's different places that have different things. In America, this is hard to preach because deep down, this is what we need. Because deep down, we don't want to be hidden. Because deep down, hiddenness, awful. Hidden. Planted, unseen. And so the, the quest for popularity in our culture is so big. It's so massive. It could be hindering you from being a mustard seed disciple. I just want to invite you to ask the question, is it in me? Is the wrong seed taking root in my heart? Is, if, if that is taken root inside of me? Am I pursuing it in a way that does not look like Jesus? If Jesus really is the king and the kingdom is the domain in which he is king and I want him to be king of my heart, the king of my heart, la -di -da -di -da -di -da, right? I really want him to be king. Well, then I reframe, I rethink. And this, this idea of small, Jesus is giving validation to the small. I, 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 I love to think about just the, the encouragement, Zerubbabel, I know, big, big word, but Zerubbabel in the Old Testament, Zechariah 4, he gets this encouragement. And I don't want to take the time to break down that text, but here's what the word of the Lord comes to him. It says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. So as he's staring at a moment with a big project and it seems overwhelming and it looks like impossible to rebuild, and the word from the Lord is, do not despise. Americans, we despise, we despise the day of small beginnings. Come on, I want an instant, baby. Let's go. This is 2022. We ain't got no time for that. Everything. Pa, 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 pa. Small beginnings. Kingdom small beginnings. Spiritual discipline. Sitting around with those guys praying and fasting and visiting the people in prison. No, 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 no. I'll figure out a different way. I don't know what to do with the Jesus way. I want to do it my way. <laughs> I don't want to do the kingdom, the domain of the king. I want to do Daviddom. The domain of which David would do all things. And do it my way. Because my way is not hidden. It's visible. My way is not small. It's big, baby. It's now. But the way of the kingdom, Jesus gives. It's, oh, it's, it's God at work in the hiddenness. It's faith. Mustard seed faith. God at work in the small. God at work. And that takes growth. But every time that 185 of you 
yesterday. Go out, small little projects. You're so in seat. Culture, are you kidding me? You're gonna take a Saturday? Go serve people you don't even know? What? You're gonna make disciples in a small group? What? You're gonna give time to prayer? What? You're gonna, all the king, these kingdom things, that, when we look at the king, it looks like him. It's easy to go, oh, just skip all that. I'm too busy. Do you, have you seen my task list of what I have to do? And I've set some goals and I created this thing. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's called a bucket list. It's all the things I wanna do. It's amazing. I don't think I have time for the kingdom because my David Dim bucket list is full. But the way of the kingdom is not, what, how, how can all of my million dreams, sorry for the parallel, it's just fresh. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my million dreams. It's not. It, I, I, got, I got the Jesus dream in my heart. So I, I just, I, I, I live in, he's the king. And so I'm a servant of the king. I'm a disciple of the king. I'm a friend of the king. I, 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 I I'm, I'm just, I'm living on mission. I'm, I'm a steward. I, so his will be done. His kingdom come. His will be done. I'm, I, I have a reframe. I, and and I, 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 whether, whether what I'm doing is applauded or unseen, I'll serve anywhere. Whether it's big, seems big and epic and amazing. Or whether it seems so small. And it's prayer in secret, fasting in secret, giving in secret, serving in secret, discipling in secret, loving in secret, which seems to be the mantra of the king. Seems to be the way he talks. Seems to be the way that he encourages his disciples to live. And it is clearly countercultural to the world that goes, look at me, ba 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 ba. I'm not just in the movie. I'm just trying to talk about what ideas do we let in that slowly cause us to drift? And I want to just give dignity to every time you say yes to what seems like a little thing for the king. The king says, long term, that's a big thing. Because he'll take your little things He'll turn them into big, massive things in eternity. Sometimes you see it on earth. Sometimes the Holy Club turns into a big movement. Sometimes the Moravians praying turns into global mission. Sometimes you making disciples of your kids, you can see the fruit. But sometimes you just trust God that one day in eternity, you'll see that there's dignity to every time that you chose the king over the self. And that every time that you did that, it was, it's mustard seed discipleship. It's faithfulness in these little tiny things that seem so small to us. But it's, it actually is just to us. Like when we go and we stand before the king and we tell him, hey, but did you see how many followers I had? It's just, it's just not a storyline. It's, it's not a biblical storyline. Like we can make things up. But I want to invite us not to make things up. I want to invite you to look and just, just and don't even take my word for it. You study the script. What, what does Jesus, what does it look like for you? And here's what Jesus says then about this small scene. 
then God brings the increase. God does the work. God takes your hiddenness. God takes your small little yes, your givenness, your service, your prayer, what's just a mustard seed. It looks so small. And of course, the point of the parable is he says, ooh, but it grows. Sometimes we'll see that growth in our lives right now. Some we'll see in eternity, but you can take that in faith. There's growth. And I think it's one of the best things that we can do when we actually have a vision for kingdom growth. So not my finance, my fame, my uh, power, not, not, not that, but, but where you actually have a vision where you say, I actually care about kingdom growth. Starts like a mustard seed, but I want it to become a tree. I have a vision for it. It'll change the way you think because if, if then you'll care about your city. So serve day matters to you more than just, well, it's a good deal. I got a free t-shirt. No, it, 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 it grows into not I care about the city or more than just me. You start to think generationally. So it's, it, it, you actually, you, you care. I care about the people around me. I, I, I care about my children and my grandchildren, my, my, my great grandchildren. Like, so I think I think in terms of generations, I think in terms of city, I think in terms of my church, because I actually have a vision for kingdom growth. So the same way that you have numbers that you measure your success in your finance or your popularity, or you, you actually go, I want to make disciples of real people. I want to serve real people. I want to actually be a person that gives. I want to actually be a person that prays. I want to actually do the things that Jesus said are the ways of the kingdom the way of the kingdom, and, 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 and actually look at how can, how can that grow? How can that expand? I, I want the long view. I want, I want my life to actually, because the mustard seed growth makes a measurable difference on planet Earth. John Piper just tweeted this. I thought it was hilarious. You know, Nero was the one who persecuted Christians, and so he said this. It's just funny. Nero beheaded Paul, but things change. Today, people name their dogs Nero and their sons Paul. Live for the long view. And I like that because live for the long view. Today, people go rich, powerful, popular. Study your king. Live for the long view. Eternity. What you care about, wholehearted took root, began to just grow like a mustard seed. The domain of the king, the kingdom, the king, care about the king, care about what the king cares about, took root in my heart. That mustard seed, it's powerful. That mustard seed will get you. That mustard seed will grow. And you'll actually start to care about, huh, like yesterday, I was, I was thinking about um, when we were at Serve Day, and I was at River of Refuge, and then I uh, went with my son Dawson, and we drove over um, to see uh, the, just the other team where they were serving food, and we got there after. Many of them had left, but my mom was still there. And so it's just this delightful moment as my mom is, 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 had been serving, and she'd already been sweating and sweeping and all that, but now she's seated at a table eating with people they're homeless, and she's introducing me to the homeless people with excitement and just, uh, just excitement in her face, and I just had the thought, 
how amazing, how blessed is, is her grandson, my son, to see it generationally. It's just a vision. If she buys into the cultural narrative, she's not doing that. Are you kidding me? She wouldn't have married Hal. She, she, she married someone else. You know what I'm saying? Like, she bought in culture. I got her to laugh. That made my day. Mm. That's for you. She bought into a cultural narrative, and man, in her 70s, sorry, 50s, she's, she's, she, got a, she got a different vision. But you get that mustard seed vision, and it's like, well, hold on a second. I, I, if you're a professor, how can we, how can we, how can we let this grow and influence our generation? And who knows what God might breathe upon? If you're, a, if you're a mother, you're thinking about your kids, and maybe even you're thinking about generationally, maybe your, your grandkids. Or, but that mustard seed way of thinking, and that mustard seed, it'll grow inside of you, transform you. And then as you do the things of the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom, the way that Jesus said to do it, you will watch it just start to grow around you. I want to invite you not to just make up ways. Just read the Sermon on the Mount. Read Jesus. Look at what Jesus did. If we want to do the way of the kingdom, it's just starting with the way of the king. What did he do? And you'll just watch. It'll, it'll take up space. Mustard seed will grow in your heart. I... I watched this happen with my son, Dawson. He had a mustard seed moment two summers ago. Cool kid, good kid. He's just grateful that he looks like his mom. When he's 15, We had a youth conference. It wasn't even a real conference. It was online. This is an online thing. 2020. It was really weak. It was really small. In our offices, just a hub of kids trying to pray. Something happened. He had a little mustard seed moment. That little mustard seed moment, something took, took root. And I've watched over the last two years. That mustard seed just started to grow. It just, just took up his music, just kind of pushed out some other music. And it kind of pushed out his mornings. He just turned into this Bible student. I watched it tweak his friendships. It, the mustard seed, the mustard seed got a lot of our small talk. He and I, we used to have lots of small talk about a lot of other things. That mustard seed though, man, it's dangerous. It just, it got him. It, it got his music. Mustard seed got his mornings. That moment just started to grow. Got his conversations, got his friendships, got my money. No, I was kidding. I mean, he all of a sudden want to go to big, expensive discipleship programs. Got him. And it starts with just not, we, we always want the big, 
the big, powerful, visible. We all usually want to be changed in a day. Transformation is usually day by day. Most of the time. Sometimes it's a big moment. Most of the, seed, most of the time it's a small seed. And slowly, as a good steward, you take care of it, water it, care about it, and it grows. And I don't know what you're walking through right now, but I want to encourage you. The way of the culture will not produce the fruit that lasts for eternity. The way of the kingdom will. Would you just bow your heads with me? Father, I pray, mustard seed disciples, as we feel hidden, small, I pray for the businessmen that are trying to be a light, godliness in their character, the professors and the teachers, the business owners, the moms, the dads, the people that work in retail and people that work in government. And I ask Lord Jesus, over time, would you work supernaturally? Just like take our small, take our hidden yes, take just the things that just seem so frail and just so little and don't, they're not celebrated and unseen and don't always feel powerful and just grow it. And whether we see the fruit in time or eternity, our, our time is yours, King Jesus. Our talent is yours, King Jesus. Our treasure is yours, King Jesus. Just have your way. Bless Radiant Church. Strengthen the men. Strengthen the women. Strengthen the children. Strengthen the young adults. And may we see over the decades to come, God at work. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together and I want to invite the ushers to come forward and take a moment, just pray over our tithes and offerings. If you're here today and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I want to invite you. He's the king. Sometimes I hear people say, hey, you want to receive Jesus? I like that. Can I tell you something? I know this is just kind of, Jesus is worth following. He is the king of the nations. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. So honestly, I don't care about how big a deal you are in your own world. Your world ain't as big as his world. And I want to invite you. He's worth following. He's the, he's, he's the king of all kings. Best thing you can do is just say, I surrender. I bow my knee now. I love talking about the kingdom and there, there, there is great mercy and great, but there is coming a day where this little window closes. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Now I want to invite you. He's worth following no matter our feelings. And I want to invite you, surrendering your life to Jesus is this worth it because he's worthy of your life. 
And he's just so good, he'll bring some transformation. He'll heal you. He'll save you. He'll redeem you. He loves you. So good. But you're actually not the central figure. He is. Jesus, we surrender our lives to you today. Everyone in the room, first time or yet again, we ask, Lord God, be at work in our lives. If you do want to make that decision, just give your life to Jesus. Just, just begin by saying, this is all you say to Jesus, but this is how you start the journey. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender. I, I, can't, I can't be king. I don't, I don't like being king. No, you're the only one worthy of my life. I give my life to you. Save me and heal me. Transform me. I give you my life. Your way, not mine. In Jesus' name. God, take what we give. Use it. We surrender all. Everything belongs to you. We give all that we have to you. Everything is yours. We're the king's kids. You can have it all. It's all yours. We give cheerfully. We give gladly. Bless what we give. Use it to make a difference here in Kansas City. God, we pray for the team that's headed to the Dream Center this week. We pray that they'd be a blessing, Lord God, there. God, we thank you for those that served yesterday. God, we thank you, Lord God, for the young people that gathered. Father, we thank you for outreach happening every month. God, just we thank you. Thank you for every small group leader. Thank you for every person committed to making disciples. Thank you for every father and mother that's making disciples of their kids. We ask, Lord Jesus, be at work in our church. Let there be great fruit. In Jesus' name.